Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. We're calling this one, Where Have All the Trump Flags Gone? Where have all the Trump flags gone? <laughs> that was beautiful, babe. Thanks. Um, I think the reason we call it that is because I drive uh, like an hour to work a lot every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to see like tons of people just driving down the highway with big giant Trump flags on their car. And oh, yeah. See them on houses or they're not usually massive, a car, usually too, a like massive flags, huge flags. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're uh, not nearly as many of them nowadays. There's still a few lingering. There are there. There's still a few, but it's not near what it was at all. No, I also noticed. I mean, I don't go out in public a whole lot, but I feel like I don't see a lot of MAGA hats much anymore. Yeah, either. you don't see those anymore. Just either. the merch in general. It makes me think that one of two things. Mm-hmm. Either uh, people have gotten tired of Donald Trump or the MAGA hats were made cheaply in China and have all deteriorated and <laughs> they've already fallen apart. And have all fallen apart. I'm not sure which it, it is. It could be either. Or it's probably a little both. bit of column A, a little yeah, bit of column actually, B. I'm thinking it's probably both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, recently on the show, we have. Um, Done a few episodes that weren't political at all, which I love. Oh, yeah. No, those are a lot of fun. I think we both enjoy the the episodes where we don't get super political. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I, I think some things have happened. Politics has kind of taken a turn. So we were going to kind of take this episode as an opportunity to talk a little talk a little politics. Yeah. To get a little bit of political because, well, there was, you know, Trump got impeached again. Again. And, um, <laughs> you know, like, oh, how was your day? Well, but got impeached again. Yeah. They had a trial after he was out of office and uh, he didn't get found guilty. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty good considering it was the most bipartisan one's ever been. That's true. Um, I watched the whole thing. I did too. Yeah. Or I watched a, a lot of it. I literally watched like the whole thing. Well, before we get into the impeachment trial, I was going to mention a couple of other things that happened this week that I just wanted to put out there into the into the world. Okay. Um, the weekend did a uh, Super Bowl halftime show that he I thought did. was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. I really like that dude. I really like his whole vibe he's got going on. I've mm-hmm. been listening to his album a lot more recently. Mm-hmm. It's very good. <laughs> uh-huh. He's he's a very talented dude. He's got a lot to say, and I really dig his whole thing. And I thought he put on an awesome Super Bowl halftime show. I thought I thought it was really good. I particularly liked his use of space. Yeah, the way just he took the, way, the whole field. Yeah, like uh, just the entire field was uh-huh. was full of people dancing. Yeah, and um, and he spent seven million dollars to to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used his own money, to, which I thought was really to pay cool. for the show, which is pretty impressive. And the the whole orchestra they had and the way the stage came apart. And it was just a very awesomely put together thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was mostly him. He's so creative. You know, there's a lot of people, though, who didn't like it at all. Yeah, I know there are. And I just disagree with them. I thought yeah. it was great. I'd I, say they're wrong. Yeah, I would say they're wrong. I thought it was great. <laughs> and I thought that dude has a lot of talent. Yeah. And he's got a lot going on for him. And he kind of, he had the little nod to Michael Jackson, but not heavy handed, which I thought was cool. A lot of his music is a nod to the just 80s, that 80s mm-hmm. sound in general, which I know, and I dig it. It's just captivating. I, I dig it. I, yeah. I like it. And he, he seems to have some social commentary with the bandages about plastic surgery and Hollywood and fakeness. Yeah, and the desire to be 
beautiful and mm-hmm. but it's all fake but and all the fake. pressure to look a certain way yeah that was lost on a lot of people I they think didn't understand why there were bandages all over the place mm-hmm. and i'm like well maybe if you yeah read about it a little bit yeah i think he's he's doing something big like he's got a big concept project that a lot that's just lost on a lot of people yeah which, he seems like an idea guy that means i like him and i think some people don't and i you know whatever whatever floats your boat it's certainly better than coldplay I don't think. Yeah, can we not all agree that his? Yes. Yeah, it was way better than way Coldplay. better than Coldplay. Yeah, come on. I don't know how you don't agree with that. And then another thing that happened was Larry Flint died this week, which is, uh, you know, I say R.I.P. Rest in pornography <laughs> to <laughs> to Mr. Flint. He was a stereotypical pornographer, dude. Uh, to be honest, I thought he was already dead. Yeah, I really did. Old when they said Larry Flint died, I was like, he was alive. Yeah. I really didn't know. I thought he was dead. I think he was pretty cool in the sense that he worked hard for the First Amendment and uh, he didn't lie about who he was. True. So he was a scumbag pornographer and he never pretended that he wasn't. And I admire people who are honest about themselves, even if they're uh, gross. Yeah. And he fought like hell to mm-hmm. protect First Amendment. Yeah. And to be speech. his gross self. And yeah, as long as you're honest, man, to me, that's important. <laughs> if you're gross and you're being gross, mm-hmm. we respect that. I do. You own your grossness. I do. I really do. I respect somebody who's just open and doesn't coat, sugarcoat who they are. Right. So that, that was him. And so I, I want him to rest in porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. Founder of Hustler. <laughs> um, and that, that those were some of the big things that happened this week. And then the announcement that hopefully uh, by July will be America will be vaccinated. Um, yeah, can we hurry it up, please? Yeah. I'm so ready. I if that you know, Biden the administration came out and said they're that's the where they're looking at target by the end of July, having us all having us all vaccinated, which would be super. Yeah, and here in North that. Carolina, our health sec- health secretary said that she anticipated we would all be vaccinated around the same point. Yeah, it's crazy too so. because people were skeptical that he could do a hundred million in a hundred days. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to get to like 300 million. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm ready. Yeah, I just think that's amazing that, you know, Here's Biden... my arm, put a needle in it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You sound like a heroin addict. And I just put it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vaccine junkie. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to give credit to Biden on on seemingly being able to live up to what he said about the, about the vaccine. Yeah. So far, he's on pace because we were doing 2 million a day. In America for a couple of days. That's on pace. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So props to him on that one. Did you know that 27,000 South Carolinians crossed the border into North Carolina to get vaccinated? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. Yeah, that's, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad they got vaccinated, of course. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe that would have been mine. Yeah, I know. But I like to think that there are that many South Carolinians who even want it. <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm surprised. Too, too shit. I'm surprised that more yeah. of them weren't like, no, nah, man, I ain't getting that shit. Apparently, South Carolina has... They're having a lot of problems, I think, with getting their vaccine distributed, and there's some issues, which is why so many of them drove across the border to go to Charlotte to get vaccinated in the mass vaccine line. Well, some of the complaints people have is they're doing, they're holding uh, vaccines for racial equity, and that pisses off white people, as it always does. Anything done for racial equity pisses Mm -hmm. off white people. And it's funny, because when they don't do that, they find in places that Black people are not even remotely close to getting vaccinated at the rates they even want to be. And what do you know? 
if they try to make racial equity, white people freak out. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if we don't do this, then only white people are going to be vaccinated. And that's not going to help anything. Yeah, no. That's, yeah. So uh, I, I don't understand the upsetness about that. Mm -hmm. I think we have to make sure that it gets distributed equitably. Otherwise, what's the point? But to get into the impeachment trial, that's what I wanted to get into mm -hmm. uh, here on this episode. Because what we saw on the 6th, that, that insurrection, the riot, the uh, terrorist attack, whatever you want to call it, was clearly just something that uh, Donald Trump did to me. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> obvious. Um, yeah, and the the videos that they put together for on the the lefty side mm -hmm. were quite compelling. Yes, they were. And the Trump side had a horrible, horrible arguments that, that didn't hold any water. His attorneys his, were terrible. They were awful. Well, one of them was an ambulance chaser. Yeah, I know. And then the other one came out and, and gave props to yeah. the lefties for having such a good video. Yeah, he was like really taken aback. He was like, that was a good presentation. You guys did a good job. He's like, you guys did a good job. We're mm -hmm. ever changing our minds. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? What yeah. are you doing? It's hilarious, but that is what happened. Because his lawyers, like, they, I mean, you would be too. You don't know what you're supposed to do for him. He changes his mind every five seconds. He fires anybody who doesn't agree with him. I'm pretty sure oh, their yeah. lawyers were like deer in headlights. Oh, yeah. Well, it turned out he wanted them to basically be him. Yeah, and they weren't They wanted him to go. Well, they did eventually on the last day. Mm -hmm. The one did take the stand or whatever and preached like Trump. Yeah. Well, you know. it wasn't very effective. Well, it was effective. They acquitted him. Well, that was going to happen either way. That's true. I, I wanted to, you know, just say that the Senate was the jury here, and the Senate is by no means an unbiased jury. No. The Senate is completely a disaster, mm -hmm. and it has been for a long time. Um, if you think about the word the Senate, and you think about our American Senate, where did the idea for the Senate come from? I don't know. It came from ancient Rome, you know, the, the Senate. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and we copied that idea because it worked out so well for them <laughs> that we thought... That, that thriving Roman Empire. Yeah, we thought, we need to recreate that. They're doing so great Yeah, where you have these days. Representatives, <laughs> so the same amount of representation from a state the size of Rhode Island for a state the size of New York, because it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm, right. Just think about it logically, in a Senate race, if you're in a tiny state like Rhode Island... Mm -hmm. Your competition is way easier than if you're in a Senate race in a state like New York or California. Right. So you get less quality senators with the same amount of power, is my argument. I'm not saying that Rhode Island has bad senators. Now, I don't know if they do or don't. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that the competition isn't as strong. And this is America, and competition <laughs> is how we make ourselves better. This is America, damn it. Yeah. Love it or leave it. These colors don't run. <laughs> I just think it's a crazy, the, the Senate's a crazy idea altogether. And to have them be the jury for this basically made it a sh sham of a trial. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't anything like a um, criminal trial. It's true. It was it was just partisan crap. I mean, six yeah, of them yeah. was whatever. Yeah, no, it was turned. definitely, it was all partisan. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was funny. They're hearing the senators reading out the names of who's voting what. And I was saying their vote before they did. Mm -hmm. They were like Senator Booker, and it's like guilty, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like Senator Durbin, guilty, and then it's like Senator Cruz, not guilty. What do you know? Shocking. Yeah, I mean, we kind of it pretty much played out exactly like I thought that it would. Yeah. Um, and the goal of it was to make sure that he can't run again because I think the most compelling argument made by any lawyer was when one of the uh, prosecutors argued, "I'm not worried that Trump will run again and win. 
I'm more worried that Trump will run again and lose and do the same thing. Yeah, and undermine the election and mm-hmm. say it was all rigged and and create violence and again. have people gather and yeah, that's what I'm most afraid of. I think he was right. The government. I thought that was a good argument, and I thought he was right because that is what I'm most afraid of: Trump running again, Trump losing, and Trump freaking out again and causing a bunch of angry dudes to burn down the Capitol or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's hope that doesn't happen. I mean, he's permanently banned from Twitter, which is good. Yeah, that's actually great. So even if he does run again, he's not going to be able to use that platform at all to spread his rhetoric. Yeah, Jack Dorsey doesn't want his name on that. That's the CEO of Twitter. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know his name. <laughs> yeah, his name's Jack Dorsey. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Jack Twitter? <laughs> Jack Twitter? Yeah, like, what did he call him? The Apple guy? Yeah, he called him Tim Apple. Tim Apple. Tim Cook is his name, the CEO of Yeah, so we Apple. call him Tim Apple and yeah. we call Jack Twitter. Jack Twitter. Yeah, that's probably what Trump did call him. <laughs> yeah. But his, his name is Dorsey. Well, if he does run again, <laughs> do you think he'll have all the um, the flags and the bells and the whistles and the... I do. I, the, the flags the were something that I really did want to talk about in this episode because the flags I felt were very, very interesting. The Gadsden flag, which is that don't tread on me, the yellow don't tread on me flag. Mm-hmm. I've been reading a lot about the history of that flag. And as it turns out, that flag has been associated with the hardcore extreme right movement for a long time. And when you see a bunch of that flag in a place, it's usually a place where there's a lot of racism happening. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. If you research, there are several organizations, militia groups that have adopted that flag over the years, going back to McVeigh. Oh. Yeah. And even before. When the original first problem we had with right-wing extremism in America, Waco, Ruby Ridge, that whole nightmare in the 90s, a lot of them adopted the Gadsden flag. And so there's a a pattern with that flag. Mm -hmm. And there's a pattern with other flags that they wave. Mm -hmm. And I've I've been trying to point that out. And I think the news kind of tried to grab a hold of it, but never did. CNN wrote a good article about it. They wrote about the different flags that were at the... At the riot. The riot on the January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I have always found the most interesting about Trump, the campaign, and then even after, is all of his followers, mm-hmm. worshipers, <laughs> yeah. um, continued to fly these flags and wear the hats and the merchandise and the bumper stickers. And you remember that? boat parade yeah oh yeah the horrible boat parade that turned into like a capsizing yeah it was pretty entertaining that's pretty funny um but like just the act of displaying your favorite president's face and Uh likeness and sayings or whatever they put out there for four years straight is so strange to me yeah it's strange to me too i mean like did you ever see anybody waving an Obama flag the size of their house? No, I didn't. During the eight years he was president? I don't remember. I mean, no. maybe, but I don't remember that. No. Or did anybody like paint uh, or write Ronald Reagan across <laughs> the side of their boat? Yeah, I don't remember I that I mean, either. maybe they did. I don't remember. I don't know, but I don't think so. Or like Billy Clinton. I can tell you, I don't own a single flag. There's lots of things that I'm really into, and I don't have a flag for any of them. It's it's the sociology of waving the Trump flags mm-hmm. is very, very interesting to me. The sociology of owning a flag to me is interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's I true, I don't too. own a flag. Yeah. In some of my life, I had some tapestries that like I put 
put on the wall, you know, like yeah, when I was a teenager. Yeah, hang up, yeah. But those aren't flags. Those are tapestries. Yes. Uh, they don't go on a pole. Yeah, it's different. Mm-hmm. But these people weren't just, they weren't hanging tapestries inside their house. I know. They, they were, were painting their house <laughs> to look like Trump or whatever, like covering from top to bottom, head to toe. It's very cultish behavior. It's so fascinating to me. And mm-hmm. and they didn't just do it during the campaign, which was when you would expect to see that. Mm-hmm. They did it the entire time he was president. Yeah. And it's like he, in a way, sold them a, like a lifestyle. Yeah. Like, and so they were just showing that lifestyle and in mm-hmm. what he represented was like this great big f you yeah to the media and to big government mm-hmm. and these were people in many instances who had felt for a long time like they weren't being represented and that they were being left behind and that and in many ways they were i would like to th- say that i think part of it is that fascists like to look the same that's just a general thing right the term flag waving itself is a thing it there's it's both the literal and then like the figurative it's a propaganda technique yeah it's a it's an appeal to patriotism or an appeal to nationalism and it's a way to like get to people's emotions and get them worked up like this is so dirty to think about because we all went, we all fell for it. But like the reason that they named the Patriot Act, the Patriot yes. Act is to appeal to our emotions right. so that we wouldn't question what was in it. Right. Because people feel emotions matter more than facts. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Trump in many ways during both his campaign and then even into and through his presidency did the same thing mm-hmm. the whole time mm-hmm. appealing to that emotion right. and also appealing to nationalism and patriotism because what's one of the things that you would always hear from Trump people is they'd say if you don't like Trump then you don't like American you might as well get out yeah you know right. it's like when did i didn't say when did i say i didn't like america right exactly and that same logic wouldn't apply now like if you don't like biden then you don't like america so just get out Right. Yeah, I don't. If we said that to him now, I don't know what they would say. They'd probably be like, "He's not really the president." Like it just doesn't even dawn on me to even say that to somebody right. if they don't like Biden. I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not like, well, you're an un-American. But like yeah. Trump embraced that rhetoric. Yeah, he did. And he espoused it, mm-hmm. and he put it out there, and then they repeated it mm-hmm. over and over and over. And so the whole like waving of these flags and. Bumper stickers and hats and T-shirts and stuff was like a a physical representation or a manifestation of that rhetoric and that mm-hmm. propaganda. And it's so culty. Yeah, I know. And we've seen it happen before with Mussolini and we've seen it happen before with Hitler and we've yeah. seen it happen before so many times that there's a pattern for it and there's a name for it. It's just like the fascism. That's just how fascism works. They turn everyone into propaganda machines. There was a guy named Samuel Johnson, who's an Englishman in the 1700s, who was a writer who said, patriotism is the last resort of scoundrels. Yep. Yep. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. he even knew that back then. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you something interesting. A guy you probably don't agree with on much, Friedrich Nietzsche said that uh, nationalism was what you could appeal to if people were too stupid to realize they had anything else in common. Oh, mm-hmm. damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, no, no, he's good. That's, he's right. Yeah, I know. That's accurate. Yeah, he wasn't right about everything, but he was right about that. And that seems, that's, that's what Trump did. Uh-huh. And it's fascinating to me that so many people just 
got suckered right into it. Yep. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Because, like, nationalism, that's... It's, you can appeal to it because it doesn't require any thinking. Right. And they can they can use it as a way to, uh, like, cover up the race baiting and, like, uh, racism that they have. <laughs> they can also just use it to feel like they belong to something. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my country. Right. And, and a lot of them... Can- and, and, and they could use also the... The physical displays of Trump, mm-hmm. the hats and the T-shirts, et cetera, to connect with each other mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this guy over here is on my side. Right. And if you read what they're saying to each other in these forums and chats, they see it as a race, like a metaphor for race, nationalism. They see, like when they're saying nationalism, they mean America's supposed to be white. Mm-hmm. They very much believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they see the word nationalism and being patriotic as a, a really flimsy fig leaf for their racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, and apparently all you need in America within Donald Trump's America is a flimsy little fig leaf. That's all he ever had. And it certainly seemed to work for him somehow. And speaking of chats and forums, I thought it might be um, a good idea to check in on parlay yeah do 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 parlor tricks so parlor has been shut down yeah for about a month Mm -hmm. a little over a month at this point they were shut um shortly after the capital yeah part of the reason that happened is there's a another podcast that i love called um sway Mm-hmm. with a lady named Kara Swisher hosts it. And she's like a tech journalist. She's been doing it for a long time. And she was interviewing that CEO of Parler when uh-huh. the riots were happening. And he said some really dumb stuff that made him look terrible. Mm-hmm. And he got fired immediately. And then they shut it down. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Amazon Web hosting services. refused yeah. to host it. And th- this whole big thing happened of like, who's going to host <laughs> parlor and nobody wanted to well anyway not only did the website get taken down but also the app was removed from the google play store and the apple store so people couldn't get it on their phone you just can't get it yeah i can't get it at all at all it's like flappy bird right so but they were like bound and determined they're like we're gonna get parlor back Mm -hmm. up and running just sit tight sit tight conservatives um did you know that at the time that they got shut down they had almost 15 million users yeah yeah that's pretty impressive it was growing too yeah i mean but how many of those were bots um a lot really i don't know well when i went on there i've seen a ton of bots yeah i mean there were some oh by the way and if you're hearing this and you're curious we went to parlor oh yeah what three months ago yeah something like that four months ago and just we we took a deep dive into parlor just to go look at it and see what was going on oh yeah it's a we have an entire episode all about what we saw it's a horror show and oh and by the way our prediction was right yeah it was in that episode we said this isn't going to be around for long yeah and we also (laughs) said if you go back to that episode i believe that one and the QAnon one i said these people are violent and are going to do something violent you did say that yeah and that totally we were so right and just high as a, five us yeah and as a <laughs> as a warning i was right about that and watch out for march 4th uh because i think that might be when it's going to happen again at the capitol or i don't know what they're going to do but huh. that's the day they're going to do it interesting okay um that's what they're all talking about march 4th i could explain why but it's just conspiracy theory bullshit right okay. they think there's a fake government and the real donald trump will come out as the real president on march 4th i've seen some uh hushed 
conspiracy mm-hmm. whispers of something along those lines mm-hmm. of like how Trump is actually in the basement of the White House right now mm-hmm. running the entire show. Yeah. And that Biden is just a puppet and that he's going to step aside and Trump's going to yeah. become president you for real. <laughs> you can't always predict what these right wing extremist crazy nut people are going to do, mm-hmm. but sometimes you can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what happens is every so often there's a date you got to look out for and the next one's March 4th and then there'll be another one after that. Okay. But that's the next one for my just instinct tells me these people are going to, somebody's going to do something crazy that day. We'll have to tune in. Yeah. See what happens. But anyway, back to the the parlor, Mm -hmm. the parlay. So if you go to the website right now, it is up. In the sense of like, there's a landing page. Yeah. And they've basically just posted like various updates mm-hmm. um, through the last few months or last <laughs> month, I guess. I think it'd be funny if there was a little construction worker guy and it said under construction. <laughs> under construction. <laughs> like old Check school. Check back soon. Remember when websites yes, used to do that? Yes. Well, it doesn't have that. It just has some like status messages and updates and mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> The most recent one mm-hmm. was was posted on January twenty first, and I'm going to read it okay. because it's it's kind of mind boggling. I would love to hear it. Okay, it says over the past few weeks, Parlor has been repeatedly mischaracterized and treated unjustly. <laughs> but the recent personal attacks on our CEO John uh-huh. and his wife Alina and their family are reprehensible. Alina, whose working-class family lived in the former Soviet Union, came to America to start her own multiracial interfaith family with John to subject them to baseless accusations that their marriage is part of some twisted espionage scheme, all because she is an immigrant, (laughs) is precisely the sort of racism, nativism, fear, and demonization President Biden urged us to reject in his inaugural address. He did. The entire parlor team stands behind John and Alina. Our new president called for unity. We must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. We can do this. If we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts, the smears against John and Alina are exactly the sort of tactics he is imploring us all to abandon. Let's all commit to working together toward unity and healing. Oh, wow. So it was fine the whole time it was creating a clusterfuck during Trump's four years. Mm -hmm. But now that it's hurting us, we don't like free speech anymore. Right. I think it's really funny how quickly these people have turned. I was like, I had to read that like four times Mm -hmm. because I was like, are they quoting Biden in like a positive way? Yes, they are. They have one completely. Yeah. Anyway, so that John... That's the CEO that got fired because mm-hmm. he was he was actually fired shortly after this was posted. Yep. He got fired for an interview where he he did not do well. Did not go well. Yeah. We should put a link to that podcast, the uh, Sway podcast. Okay, all right. Um, and I think that's 
hilarious. I think there's a meme that sums it up really well. It says the the fuck your feelings crowd sure has a lot of feelings right now. Yeah, there's there's that one, and there's one that basically makes fun of that whole unity thing. Yeah, where they spent the last four years telling us to like get over ourselves uh-huh, and, to, and that we were un-American. Yeah, quit your bitch and you libtard crybabies. Uh huh. You know, and now they're all like, we need to unify uh-huh. and come together and work together. And it's like, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, you know what? Fuck I you. Unify this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you were putting immigrants in cages and when yeah, you were yeah. declaring trade wars and pulling us out of agreements that were going to save the entire race of humanity mm-hmm. uh where was the unity then when we were like maybe we shouldn't get out of the paris climate agreement because like you know that's trying to save the whole world they were like you know Fuck that you planet that you live on yeah <laughs> but anyway i i was just curious so i was like let me go look at parlor i don't even know if it was still you know if it was up and it is up and that's right there wow. on the front page that's hilarious yeah well as a as a sort of bit here that i wanted to try out i wanted to try out a new a new bit on the show and see how well it does okay so this bit i don't have a theme for it yet but this bit is called uh liberal arguments disguised as conservative arguments (laughs) Um, okay otherwise known as trick your cuckservative friends trick your cuckservative friends yes okay um and for the record the cuckservative is a word that uh the extreme alt-right uses to talk about regular conservatives because they think they are <laughs> being cuckolded <laughs> they call them <laughs> they call them cuckservatives oh my goodness okay so if you have friends like that who are conservative but not racist basically that's yeah. that's what it means these are these are arguments that you might be able to convince them with because they're actually liberal arguments but you can disguise it as as a conservative argument and okay. you may you may be able to trick them okay so for this one, I want to talk about a, a, a thing that's happening here in America called the uh, gray tsunami mm-hmm. is uh, the word that kind of being thrown around for it. It basically means we're getting older. We're getting older and grayer. I feel that way. Yeah. Well, as a country, <laughs> we definitely are. It's a real thing. And if you want some like examples of where it's happened before there's in Japan, it, mm-hmm. it happened there. When that happens, it creates problems, especially, well, all over. <laughs> but if you were talking to your conservative friend about immigration there's no way you're ever going to convince him like that immigration is a good thing unless you point out that america is getting older and that by 2060 the social security is going to be depleted and if you're my age then that means i don't know i'm going to need it then yeah we're gonna in theory be at that age 78 by then yeah and definitely needing some social security exactly and even your conservative friend is going to realize that holy crap but if by 2060 we're out of social security i'm going to need it Mm -hmm. well where's it going to come from if america is aging so much if we're getting older and we're not replacing Mm -hmm. if we're not breeding and replacing children right people humans so so you could tell your conservative friend you could say well you know what would work if we brought in mexicans to come do the work and pay social security so that we don't have to run out and that way they'll be paying for us to live yeah and immigration right is your solution yeah and they might think like holy crap because the the part of them that's actually racist that the ones that that's been denying it the whole time Uh will be like yes i'm getting mexicans to do my work for me (laughs) and the part of them that is looking out for themselves is going to be like holy crap yeah i can have somebody else working to pay for my retirement 
Yeah. Um. So that that would so be. So it would be a win-win mm-hmm. for the lefties who uh-huh. support immigration and people right. being able to come to our country and live and work and thrive here for ridiculous reasons like it's in our constitution and right. it's moral and all and that. Because that person very well may be the next like great scientist right. who solves all the problems. Exactly. Um. So we support that, but you can actually get your conservative friend on board with you mm-hmm. if you pitch it to them as a way to ensure that they're able to to get their social security because conservative people tend to be very self-oriented. Yes, right. And if you can say like, this is going to help you get your social security financially, then they can be like, oh yeah. And then you add the kicker that it's a brown person that's going to be paying for you. You've got them. Yeah. They will be working, taking mm-hmm. care of you. And yep. they'll be like, as they should. Right. That's That was my uh, contrib- contribution to that this week. I'll, I've got more. I, I want to like keep that. this bit up. I really like it. Because I think it's a good idea for yeah. people to have an idea of like, what? how can I trick my conservative friends into being on the right side of things and appeal to their stupidity and racism? And greed. And, and narcissism. Yeah. So. Uh, good job. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I'm putting that out there into the ether. Hopefully you guys can use that. And if you Google the term gray tsunami, actually there was a paper written about this mm-hmm. and about the aging and the demographics. And he makes a really good argument for accepting about another 300,000 more immigrants a year from now until 2060 to offset the problem so that we don't end up running out of social security and it's a white paper so it's like a, a real research paper yeah it's like a journal uh-huh yeah. so um it's real technical but somebody did the work on this i'm not just pulling it out of my ass yeah yeah <laughs> um although i kind of am <laughs> well the gray the gray tsunami part is real it is your idea on appealing to racism that was all me yeah jo- <laughs> i like it Thanks. i like it <laughs> yeah so if you want more uh, ways to trick your conservative friends into becoming liberal. I have discussed uh, ideas like that before, but I, it's just now dawned on me to separate them out as a thing. But there will be more, and you can find more episodes where I do make compelling arguments to uh, trick your conservative friends. If you go to our website, you can find them. Carolinasnowflakes.com And if you want to go discuss ways to trick your conservative friends... <laughs> Um, we have a Facebook where you can do that with others who are trying to do the same thing. Facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes. And if I tricked you and you're angry about it, then <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. But and also you can, thank you for listening yeah. this long. <laughs> um, and you can send me an email to let me know and to rant about it at Carolina Snowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.